Chapter One of Van Dyke. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Van Dyke by Percy M. Turner. The Early Days. Reader's Note we shall proceed by using the descriptions of the author of the plates in the chapter and then proceeding to the chapter in the first chapter the front piece charles i in the louvre certainly the finest portrait of charles i in existence it shows Van Dyke in his most attractive aspect as a painter of the aristocracy, executed before the marked decline in his technical powers, which marred from an artistic standpoint the later pictures of his English period. It yet possesses the dignity and distinction he knew so well how to infuse in portraying the nobility of our country. It is one of the best examples of the artist's powers as a colorist, and as such will bear comparison with the production of the mighty Venetians. Plate two charles louis of bavaria and his brother robert afterwards duke of cumberland in the louvre as an example of direct portraiture this picture would be hard to beat it shows van dyck in one of his happiest moods dealing with a subject which peculiarly appealed to him play three prince darenberg in lord spencer's collection althorp a portrait characteristic of one of the most popular phases of van dyck's art it exhibits in a remarkable measure his sense of appropriateness as far as the setting of a portrait is concerned the background has been chosen largely with a view to accentuating the salient points of the picture and whilst being in consequence strictly subservient to the portrait is yet treated in a bold and vigorous manner and now chapter one the early days no painter has remained more consistently in favor with both artists and public than van dyck his art marks the highest achievement of flanders of the seventeenth century in making this statement the claims of rubens have not been overlooked although the latter has been and probably will always be considered the head of the flemish school it is perhaps not too much to say that van dyck possessed in a greater measure than rubens those qualities which go to make a great artist 
we can never overlook the seniority of the latter and to him will always belong the credit of having evolved the style which revolutionized the art of a nation and there is no doubt that the pupil owed to him much of the knowledge he so well utilized in after life in comparing those two great men it would be well at first to rid ourselves of the confusion which often arises through the application of the terms artist and painter in relation to painting they are only too often considered synonymous but a little consideration will show us that a man whose technical abilities are of a high order need not necessarily be a great artist in fact one of the most truthful charges urged against the best contemporary art is that it demonstrates an astonishing poverty of invention a lack of message if you will coupled with an extraordinarily highly developed technique to screen as much as possible the dilemma in which he finds himself many a modern painter has recourse to creating those outbursts of meaningless eccentricity that are so familiar upon the walls of our exhibitions it is true that some few of the men who are living to-day are equipped almost if not quite as well technically as the great majority of the old masters in a word they could meet them on nearly equal terms as painters but they lack invention and conception in which to bring their powers into legitimate play and consequently they cannot rank with them as artists it was in the possession of these very qualities that van dyck surpassed rubens i do not suggest that the latter was devoid of power of conception for if i did would not the great coup de lance at antwerp or the fall of the damned at munich parentheses the drawing for the latter in the national gallery gives an even better idea than the finished picture be there to refute me van dyck however though being quite the match of rubens in technique even in his early days though still working under him surpassed him in his middle period anybody who has closely studied the noble religious pictures at courtray or malines the latter unfortunately irreparably injured by damp and neglect can but be impressed with his stupendous power in this direction granted that he does not appeal in the same measure to our emotions from the spiritual side as do the early painters of italy and flanders he yet brings the brutal aspect of the scene before us in an intensely human manner in most subject 
pictures van dyck painted before his visit to italy it is apparent that rubens had been his sole guide and he was impelled only with a desire to emulate his master but after his return the influence of the mighty painters he had studied south of the alps had wrought a wondrous change in his method and although he found himself back again amidst his old surroundings he never quite forsook the path he had been treading in the interval rubens who had also spent some years in italy did not submit to the influence of the southern masters in the same measure but remained a fleming to the end there is little alteration to be observed either in his historical and sacred pictures or his portraits after he had studied the italians from this we may assume either that rubens was less susceptible to extraneous influences or that he considered his method quite the equal to any that he had seen van dyck on the other hand absorbed particularly from the venetians certain qualities which he employed ceaselessly throughout the remainder of his life it was not however solely this cause which raised van dyck as an artist above his master rather was it to be attributed to the superiority of temperament thus whilst we can still consider rubens the head of the flemish school of the seventeenth century we should accord to van dyck the foremost rank as an artist anthony van dyck was born at antwerp on march twenty second fifteen ninety nine it was said formerly that his father franz van dyck was a painter on glass but later research has disclosed the fact that he carried on business as a merchant his mother practised the art of embroidery with no mean skill and her works appear to have been held in considerable esteem the young painter had however the misfortune of losing her when he arrived at the age of eight we know but little of his early years but he must have shown considerable aptitude for drawing for we find him already the pupil of Heinrich van balen in sixteen o nine the latter painter had received instruction in his art from adam van oort the master of rubens but he utilized the instruction he had received in a very different way from that of his fellow-pupil he studied in italy for some time and upon his return to antwerp became one of the most popular painters in the city several works still remain there testify that his sojourn in the south had not entirely effaced his flemish training he excelled particularly in cabinet pictures with subjects inspired by the classics in which the landscapes were sometimes painted by jan bruegel these were wrought with wonderful finish and were much admired by his contemporaries for the purity of their coloring at the same time while being a good craftsman and filling an honorable position in the history of the school it cannot be claimed that he possessed genius in an extraordinary degree 
it is probable however that a more suitable master for the young van dyke could not have been found in the studio of so sad and sober a painter he would not be brought into contact with any of those pyrotechnics which have wrought such havoc with the art of young artists when encountered at the outset of their careers on the other hand van balen is likely to have insisted upon great care being exercised in drawing and in the finishing of minutest detail such rigid training is excellent for whilst it does not hinder further developments upon other lines in the least degree it ensures that all future progress shall be built upon a solid foundation at this time however rubens having returned from his wanderings in italy and spain had settled in antwerp his new position as court painter to the archduke albert and the archduchess isabella brought him into great prominence and ensured him constant occupation even at this early period his art was approaching maturity and if he had not yet developed the dazzling brilliancy and facility of his later time he was still far ahead of any painter modern flanders had produced we have only to contemplate the works of his contemporaries and those who immediately preceded him to imagine what a profound sensation this young man created in antwerp it seldom fell to the lot of an artist who was but just over thirty to have been in the service of such an illustrious personage as the duke of mantua the latter moreover so highly esteemed his talent that he wished him to return to his service even after he had returned to antwerp further the duke had such confidence in rubens diplomatic ability that he sent him upon important business to philip the third in madrid the experience he had gained both in italy and in spain where he had seen and copied many of the greatest works of the italian renaissance served to develop a genius which in itself was of the first order and the fruits were immediately visible upon his arrival in antwerp we can well picture to ourselves the effect of the masculine vigor nay more the bravado of his brushwork upon the stad and homely flemish artists their minuteness of finish delicacy cool transparencies and silveriness of coloring seem indeed petite when pitted against the irrepressible dash and golden palette of rubens in spite of this he appears not to have created any enemies on the contrary his fellow artists seem to have recognized his superiority and many were influenced by his method to estimate to the full the revolution he wrought we must compare the masters whom we found installed in favor in flanders with the school he so soon created the older painters being affected in so visible a degree we can quite imagine how easily one so young and impressionable as van dyck would submit to the new influence here was a master whose art glowing with the full-blooded vigor of italy yet retained the healthy freshness of his native country 
restrained and held in leash as he would be in the studio of van balen we can sympathize with his yearning to migrate to that of rubens he speedily joined that ever-swelling body of artists who gathered themselves round the great master for some years he worked side by side with snyders and seegers the progress he made during this time was considerable indeed it is frequently difficult to decide whether certain pictures produced in these years are the work of the master or the pupil so thoroughly had he acquired rubens technique in connection with this story the details of which have frequently been challenged is told it is said that rubens leaving his studio one day to take a walk had left a picture in the process of painting upon his easel the students were anxious to inspect it and observe the method he was employing finally they induced his servant to admit them being a numerous crowd some amount of struggling took place to get near the canvas the result was that one of them it is said van dippenbeck fell against the canvas and injured the picture dismay spread throughout the room when they had recovered their presence of mind some one proposed that the damage should be repaired before rubens returned by common consent van dyck was chosen and he set to work with a will upon rubens entering his studio next morning surrounded by his pupils he selected the repaired part and said that was by no means the worst piece he had painted the day before upon a closer examination the damage revealed itself but so cleverly had van dyck performed his tasks that rubens decided to leave it as it was from such tales as this has arisen the tradition that rubens became so jealous of his pupil that he endeavored to persuade him to abandon historical painting and devote the whole of his time to portraiture such statements are not only in opposition to all that we know of rubens character but there is further evidence that when he finally parted from van dyck they were on the very best of terms indeed rubens went so far as to make him a present of one of his finest horses for the purpose of his journey to italy whilst van dyck left with his master a portrait of rubens wife as a souvenir he further retained the services of van dyck as his assistant which he would not have done had any jealousy existed between them it was probably the pressure of commissions which flowed in upon him in innumerable quantities that induced him to take the step it was quite impossible for the master himself to accomplish all the work he undertook outside italy he was the first master to employ his school as a sort of manufactory on a large scale so well did he train his assistants that he had only to make the sketch himself and to superintend its painting for a large work to be turned out in an incredibly short time as van dyck was his most capable assistant 
he would certainly employ him upon the important parts and it has already been pointed out that it is difficult to differentiate between the works of the two men at this time it would be still more difficult to decide definitely what hand van dyke had in the large number of religious and historical pictures that were being sent out under rubens name at this time during this period however van dyke had acquired a reputation of his own he had been elected a master of the antwerp corporation of painters in sixteen eighteen that is while still in his twentieth year end of the early days